We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cass. Good morning. Could working four days a week instead of five solve post-pandemic burnout? Maryland lawmakers are considering a bill to encourage companies to try out a 32-hour work week, four eight-hour days instead of five, with no reduction in pay. Later, we'll speak with an economist about an international study of four-day workweek pilots. Spoiler alert, nearly all workers who made the switch did not want to go back. Delegate Vaughn Stewart is a Democrat who represents central Montgomery County. He's the lead sponsor of the bill in the House of Delegates. The bill was cross-filed in the Senate by Baltimore County Senator Shelley Hedelman, also a Democrat. Delegate Stewart, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. What motivated you to introduce this bill? It was really the study that you just mentioned from the four-day week Global Foundation. So I know that You're going to talk more about it later, but essentially this organization looked at more than 30 companies and more than 900 employees across 2022 in North America and in Ireland. And as you mentioned, I wasn't overly shocked by the results for employees. You know, it it did not shock me that 97% of the more than 900 employees who participated in this trial loved it and wanted the trial to continue. But what really blew my socks off was that the sentiment from the employers was very similar. So that study really sort of caused my eyebrows to raise. And when I looked into it further, I found that a handful of companies from Shake Shack to to Shopify, from Tricerat in Baltimore to Kickstarter have already made this change permanent. And if you listen to their corporate executives, they say that it has been a game changer for both recruitment and retention at a time that a lot of companies are struggling to find the sort of creme de la creme worker. Well, then why get the government involved? If, de- if employers are interested in testing out or making this shift, they can do that on their own. Yes, they absolutely can. But we're hoping that this tax credit in the bill and also the associated pilot project will be a gentle nudge in the right direction for these companies. Companies are absolutely rolling it out, but I've talked to a lot of business owners who are on the fence. They see these studies, they see that their peers have already made this step, but inertia is a really powerful force. And if you look back 100 years when Henry Ford made this change, or you look back 80 years when the U.S. Congress instituted a four-day week in the Fair Labor Standards Act, The government has always been involved in these radical shifts. And so we think this is a light touch intervention. We're not forcing any employers to do something they don't want to do. Companies would voluntarily apply to receive this tax credit. But we really don't see the tax credit as offsetting losses for them. We really view the tax credit as compensation for participating in this study with us because the companies would collect survey data from their workers. They'd share that with the state of Maryland. So at the end of five years, we'd have some Maryland-specific data. Under your bill, the tax benefit only goes to employers who don't cut pay or benefits in moving from a five-day to a four-day work week. What businesses would be eligible to participate? Any and all businesses would be eligible to participate. Now, we do have um, a, a limit of it. You need to have 30 employees, but that's mostly for data security reasons. You know, If these companies are going to be providing survey data for us, we, don't, we want employees to feel comfortable sharing their genuine thoughts and feelings on the success of the trial. And that's why we made that 30 employee limit. I've heard some, some small businesses 
that have said they wish that we would lower that amount so that more small businesses could be eligible for the tax credit. I'm open to that sort of amendment if the bill does start moving through the legislature. But right now, we want to be broad and inclusive. And I think, crucially, we want a good cross-section of employers across the state to participate. We don't want this to be purely something for white-collar workers. You know, I've been inspired by the fact that both Shake Shack and um, nurses, some nurses in some hospitals have shifted to a four-day week. Uh, we want this to be something that can be felt through throughout the blue-collar to white-collar spectrum. And we're hoping that the companies that choose to participate will be representative of all companies in Maryland. And your bill mentions public employers, which confuses me because they don't pay taxes, so they wouldn't get a tax break. Right. So we wouldn't be providing tax credits to pub- the public sector. That would be a little bit odd. But what the bill does say is that the Maryland Department of Labor should, we direct the Maryland Department of Labor to find creative ways to see if we could shift instruments of the public sector to a reduced work week as well. And I should say, even though, you know, a four-day week is sort of the budget buzzy catchphrase because everyone envisions a three-day weekend, I will say that the bill for both the public and the private sector is really talking more about hours than it is days. Because I've talked to a lot of folks that say, hey, I may not use that extra Friday off. I may want to adjust my schedule and my eight hours off to instead be spread across five days because I have two kids and they get off school in the afternoon. And I'd love to take off a couple of hours early Monday through Friday so that I could be home when they get off the bus. And so I do want want to just point out that even though I know a uh, three-day weekend sounds great. We could all grill out, and maybe that's how I would love to spend my time. Uh, I know for a lot of folks, especially a lot of parents across the state, they may assign those hours differently and spread them out differently. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast, speaking with Montgomery County Delegate Vaughn Stewart, lead sponsor of a bill to give tax incentive to companies to move to a four-day work week. In the event you face an onslaught of employers wanting to participate, how will businesses be selected? So we only are asking for $750,000. Now that number through the legislative process, through the sausage making process, could go up or more likely could go down. And so if we do have this stampede of companies that want to participate, which would be a great problem to have, we are going to have a competitive bid system. We're not going to be providing tax credits to all of them because we don't want to provide essentially $100 to a bunch of different companies. And so the Department of Labor will be empowered under the bill to select bids on a competitive basis. And what the factors they'll consider are, number one, how many employees does the company have? Number two, how fair is the employer being? Are they indeed not cutting pay as the bill mandates? Are they indeed not touching benefits? Are they being fair? Number three, their willingness to participate in the pilot program itself. Are they willing to share data, collect data as much as we will require in the bill? And then finally, and perhaps most importantly, as I mentioned before, we really want the companies to be representative of the state as a whole. So if we get a ton of white collar applicants apply, then that it may be harder for them to get the tax credit and to sort of win out the bid process than a blue collar company or a service industry employer um, who maybe is not facing as much competition. Because we really want these this data to be across the economic spectrum, not just college-educated workers, not just workers making six figures. And so the Maryland Department of Labor would select from the, the applicant pool based on those factors. And the $750,000, is that the the tax budget for one year or for the five years of the program? 
That's annually. You've mentioned several times the, the study that the Maryland Department of Labor will be doing. What kind of information will they be collecting? Essentially, they'll be collecting recruitment retention data from companies. They'd be collecting productivity data. Um, I know I know a lot of people are skeptical about the idea that you could do more work in 32 hours than you could do in 40. And I think for a lot of businesses, that probably is there's good reason to be skeptical. But we're hoping on a per hour basis that more well-rested employer employees who do have a reduction in hours, we're hoping that on a per hour basis, they are more productive. And so that's data also that we would hope that the businesses would be able to share with us. And then finally, it would just be survey data from employees across the business. So we would want to hear from the management. We wouldn't want to hear from rank and file employees about their level of satisfaction with the trial. Companies could would have to participate for at least a year. So we feel like 12 months of data would be significant. They could also tack on another year of tax credits and participate for up to two years. And so whether it's one or two, throughout that process, we're hoping that the employers would collect survey data, basically asking employees all the way up the chain how much they've liked this change. What has it meant for them? Has it made them more stressed? Has it made them less stressed? At the end of five years, we're hoping we're going to have this treasure trove of information to parse through and figure out what the next step might be. If a company joined but then bows out and switches back to five days, will that be will that data be collected? Of course. Yeah. We if, if a company only participates in the trial for a few months because it's been a huge catastrophe, we want to know that too. And we want to try, you know, I have to admit that I'm not exactly a non-biased scientist about this. I hope that it succeeds. I expect this to succeed. But at the end of the day, if at the end of five years of the pilot project, you've had a bunch of companies that have started doing this for three months and bowed out immediately, we want to know that because that may mean this is this idea is not ready for prime time in the state of Maryland. Who is the opposition to this bill? I would be surprised if we had anyone come to the hearing in opposition. I do think some employers are skittish about this because either they don't realize that it's not a mandate or maybe they think that there's some sort of mandate waiting around the corner that first we're going to lure companies with a tax credit and then do a bait and switch and sort of force them to institute a 32-hour week, which is not our plan. I do, But I do think that the, the business community is somewhere between uh, lukewarm to, uh, to negative on this, at least certain segments of it. But at the same time, we do expect several businesses to come testify in support of the hearing because they may uh, end up participating in the tax credit program themselves. But I don't really think that there is an organized opposition to this. You know, this is because we're using a carrot approach to this and not a stick approach. I think we have broad support. And I think this is something that people feel viscerally. A lot of people feel it universally that they want more time to spend doing the things that make themselves themselves. Thanks for explaining it to us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Delegate Vaughn Stewart represents Central Montgomery County. At the On the Record page at WYPR.org, we have more information about the four-day workweek bill. The Senate will hold a hearing on its version of the bill today at 1 p.m. The House of Delegates Economic Matters Committee will hear testimony Tuesday afternoon. Short break. On the Record, when we're back, a global look at the four-day workweek. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us.
Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. What if three-day weekends weren't a novel respite, but a weekly reality? How would you spend those extra hours, and can employers afford to make the shift? Maryland lawmakers are considering a bill that would offer incentives to businesses that cut the work week from 40 to 32 hours. The bill would also collect data to study the effects. Joining me now is Boston College economist and sociologist Juliet Shore. Shore sits on the academic board of the nonprofit Four Day Work Global. Welcome, Professor Shore. Thank you. Great to be here. In your research, what do you mean when you say four day work week? We are talking about companies that are shifting from a 40 hour, usually a Monday through Friday schedule eight hours a day to a four-day schedule eight hours. So it's a reduction to a 32-hour schedule with no reduction in pay. So people are getting their 40 hours pay, but they only have to work 32 hours. I want to ask you about the findings of a six-month study that Four Day Work Global recently published. More than 900 workers at 33 companies. Most of the companies were located in the U.S. and Ireland. One large company, though, also had employees in Australia, New Zealand, and the U.K. About one-third of the companies were fully remote. What did you find? We found really pretty remarkable results across the board. Uh, Most of the data collection we did was with employees, and we asked uh, a whole series of well-being measures, uh, first connected to work, like work stress and burnout, also their physical and mental health, fatigue levels, positive and negative affect, exercise duration, um, uh, sleep, and then life satisfaction, well-being, conflict between work and family. Every single one of these people were better off at the end of the trial than they were at the beginning. And in virtually all these cases, you know, these were significant uh, changes that is statistically significant, which means they were not trivial, not small changes. So we also found that the companies were really happy. They rated the trial a nine uh, on a score of zero to 10. They said the productivity performance, they rated that as 7.7, I think, their overall company performance, 7.6. We looked at their revenue, their absenteeism, uh, hiring, all of these things companies were doing really well on. Well enough that one could say it was paying for itself? We didn't actually ask that question, Um, but the whole philosophy of these trials is that before the trial starts, the company goes through a couple of months of what we call work reorganization. So they figure out what they're doing that isn't adding value. Um, Meetings are probably the biggest uh, thing that gets changed because people in these companies spend dysfunctional amounts of time in meetings. Uh, but they also deal with distractions. They, by the four, have a giving a four-day week, people shift their doctor's appointments to the off day. So they're, the whole idea is that they figure out how to maintain their productivity in, in those 32 hours. Um, and that's what most of them are, you know, really reporting that they're able to do. Uh, many of the companies in our trials, and, and this was just the first two, we have we have just started our sixth trial. Um, they report that their productivity either stays the same or goes up. 
So in that sense, pay for itself, probably, uh, although that's a sort of complicated um, uh, calculation. But what we are seeing is that um, they're sticking with it for the most part. There, there are a few exceptions and there are a few who sort of drop off the research radar where we can't get them at the end of the time to you know give us data and so forth. But the ones we're hearing from uh, are you know super enthusiastic and really high levels of retaining four day weeks. Lots of workers are in the habit of responding to emails in the evening or over the weekend. Do people who make the switch actually disengage during that extra day off? For the most part, yes. We did collect data on what people did on their day off, and a lot of it is hobbies and leisure activity. They also do housework, and they do some kind of, you know, what's called personal grooming or sort of personal maintenance. So they might sleep a little bit more, or they might go and get their hair done or something. That's not to say that there's zero engagement. There are some workers who do a little bit of work or they might respond to a phone call or an email. In the customer service, you know, in, in some of those customer service kinds of jobs, uh, what some of the people going on four-day weeks will tell their customers is if it's an emergency, you know, you can call me. So occasionally they have emergencies. But for the most part, yeah, people are able to uh, disengage. And that's part of why those well-being uh, variables are so good, because they really are getting a day to themselves. How much do workers value a, a four-day schedule? At the end of the trial, we asked people, Think about going to a five-day schedule at your next job and what would you require in terms of pay? And uh, what we found is that the vast majority require a lot more pay. Um, 13% said no amount of pay could get them to go back to a five-day schedule. Another 13% said more than 50% additional pay. And then the majority were were looking for 25 to 50% more pay at their next job. So what we see is that workers value the four-day schedule quite a lot. That's Juliet Shore, an economist and professor of sociology at Boston College. On the record on WIPR, I'm Sheila Cast. We're speaking about the potential of the four-day work week as Maryland lawmakers consider a pilot program to incentivize employers who give it a try. Does does this kind of shift make sense for every job sector? I think that at the moment, there are sectors that are a lot harder to sort of, you could think about them being able to do it with no cost. I mean, that that's one of the kind of amazing things about these trials, which is these are companies who 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 join who have the sense that they could they can actually reorganize things in a way to get just as much done in four days it means they've got slack in their workplaces that they haven't done that already right they could have reorganized to get more productive in five days but they haven't done it so those are what i would think of i think of as sort of somewhat low intensity workplaces they they could you know they're just they're wasting a decent amount of time at the other end, you have what I'll call high-intensity workplaces. These are 
hospitals where, you know, the medical professionals are running around like crazy, working really at a very fast pace. And a lot of them are burning out, teachers and flight attendants. You know, there are occupations where the intensity of work has ratcheted up too high. Now, those kinds of workplaces can do this, but not because they would squeeze five days into four. They're going to have to hire new people for that fifth day, but they may benefit from this because they're going to reduce the burnout and the costs of losing people and the medical, the health consequences of that. And of course, there's a social benefit to not burning people out. Uh, you've got some, you've got, you know, workplaces in the middle. Over time, if, if the whole economy shifts to a four-day week, then everyone will be able to do it because they'll have to or they won't be able to get workers. Um, so that's a that's a long process. It's the kind of thing we saw as we shifted from a seven to a six-day, a six to a five-day week. You know, we got stalled. The, the five-day week came in in the 1930s and it, it hasn't been revised since. That's one of the great things about what what's going on in Maryland is that these lawmakers are sort of thinking ahead. Um, what I'm about to ask may fit into what you were describing with Slack workplaces. Some offices place a very high value on social activities, lunches, parties, chit-chat by the coffee machine. That seems like a clear place to trim time. Do we lose something useful when we don't invest in those kinds of activities? Yeah, you absolutely need some of that. Uh, and, you know, whether or not every workplace needs as much of it as they're doing is a question. Of course, the whole shift to remote changes the calculus on in-person socializing and so forth. I would say that what you can do if you're going from five to four around that is you, you want to uh, filter out or cut out the sort of social interaction, which is kind of low value social interaction. So an example uh, that came from one, an interview I did is where this employee told me she always used to communicate with other workers by telephone. And that always involves some chit chat, but it was kind of just sort of obligatory chit chat and just a little bit of time wasting. And now she's using Slack you know, shifting from phone calls to Slack might be a good thing to do, but cutting out the company lunch or the company picnic wouldn't be. The pandemic heightened enthusiasm for increased work flexibility, remote or hybrid options, unlimited time off. Do you, do you think this interest will fade? I don't because even before the pandemic, people were stressed out with the five-day week. And once you have a world in which you've got a lot of households with two earners and or single-headed households with children, the two-day weekend is proving to be inadequate for people. They've got too much, you know, kind of household work and childcare and other kinds of obligations to get done on those weekends. Uh, and the the weekend doesn't provide the necessary kind of re rest and rejuvenation that people need. So 
I think what the pandemic did, two things. I mean, it did create a crisis of stress and burnout for workers, and that's part of what employees are responding, employers are responding to. But it also kind of opened employers' eyes to the fact that they could th- do things differently and it would work out. I mean, before the pandemic, we had all the technology for remote work, but employers were very resistant to it. They did it. It worked as as one CEO said to me, it taught us that we could trust our workers. And I think that's a big part of why uh, some of these companies are going to four-day weeks, because they feel they can trust people to get the work done. Professor Shore, thank you. My pleasure. Juliet Shore is an economist and sociologist at Boston College. She sits on the academic board of the nonprofit Four-Day Week Global. At the On the Record page at WYPR.org, we have links to more information about research on shortened work weeks. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Come back tomorrow. <laughs>